Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. You uh, received a welcome packet on your way in. We have a special gift for you to take home with you today, just to let you know that we're thankful. We're glad that you're here and joining us on such a rainy and gloomy Sunday. Uh, but it's bright, it's bright in here. We're, we're glad to be together and celebrate uh, in the presence of the Lord this morning. And uh, we have a couple of guests with us today, all the way from uh, Bucharest, Romania. And so I want you to give a warm welcome uh, to Joseph and Debbie Van Walsh. Are here with us today, my aunt and uncle, uh, all the way here from Romania. We're so glad that they're able to um, be here with us this morning. And I wonder uh, if you guys, I'm going to put you on this spot, but I know you're used to that. If you would stand and just give us a brief testimony of um, what God's doing in Romania and uh, all the things that He's doing there today. Well, we just say that it's just wonderful to be here with you now. I'm just thinking as we're singing these old songs, we sound like it's lost, but we sang these songs when I was a kid. But you know, God is moving. And during this time when there are so many problems, people beginning to cry out to Him. And in Bucharest, our churches are full. The church we go to, they have 800 members. Amen. And sometimes there's no empty places because we have two, uh, six, six feet in the distance, and it's full, and people are being healed. No, I just thank God. Can I just mention a testimony about how God healed? You know, I think in this time, this pandemic, um, you know, we, we have to stand up. We have to stand in the gap for our friends who are having health problems. And uh, I made a call to Germany it was like two months ago, and because I have an office there, and I just felt led to call. And when I called uh, my uh, landlord, my bad lady, she talked to me, and I said, how are things good? We just had COVID, uh, COVID virus, COVID-19. And she said, I got over my husband. He's in the hospital. And today, he went to say goodbye. Because the doctor said he's brain dead, he's in a coma, and there is no hope. And I said, I got up, I, I talked I talk to her, and I said, but you know, God is God. And God has power. And God can change things. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. And I, I just said, I'll pray right now. I'll pray that God will show his power, and he'll raise him up. And the next day I called. She goes, hello, Miss Walsh, Miss Walsh, guess what? I talked to my husband today. Amen. He's faithful and he's good and he will hear the prayers of those saints and hear our cries. And we need to get to cry out to God. A few days ago, I called Germany. And who answered the phone? This man was brain dead and in a coma. Hello, Mrs. Walsh. It's so good to hear your voice. So praise God that you need not have miracles in this time and it's dark and people depressed and discouraged. God wants to do great things. Yes. Amen. It's wonderful to be here with you. I want to encourage you. Use your faith and don't let your loved ones just pass on. Because you know what? Maybe God wants us to stay a little bit longer. Yes. And according to our prayers and our faith. So God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. What a wonderful testimony. God's still 
still working, still working, even when we can't see it, he's still working and he is still moving. We're so thankful for that this morning. Well, we've been walking through the 23rd Psalm, uh, verse by verse, week by week, and um, the first week of our series, we've talked about finding confidence and comfort in the fact that we have a shepherd of love. Last week, we talked about having a shepherd of restoration and righteousness. But not only is our Lord a shepherd of love and of restoration and of righteousness, he's a shepherd of the valley. How many of you are thankful that the Lord is with us in those valleys? So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to read through the first four verses of Psalm chapter 23 together. Psalm chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we thank you today that you're such a good and faithful shepherd. Father, we thank you this morning that you restore us, that you provide for us, that you care for us and protect us. But Lord, we're especially grateful that you walk with us through those dark valleys. And Lord, while we're there, we need not fear anything because we're comforted by the fact that you are with us and you will never leave us or forsake us. And we thank you for it this morning. Lord, would you open our hearts and open our minds to receive all that you have for us today. Would you enlighten our hearts to the word that you have today? And we ask this in the most precious name of Jesus and God's people said amen. Amen. And amen. There was a Sunday school teacher who asked her Sunday school class if any of the children could stand up and recite the 23rd Psalm. And so this brave little girl raised her hand and she walked to the front of the classroom and she stood there. She got a little shy when she was standing in front of everyone, but she stood there proudly and the teacher said, okay, I want you to recite the entire 23rd Psalm. And so she folded her hands together and she said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. I don't think there could be a better uh, translation, a better paraphrase of that entire portion of Scripture. He's my shepherd. That's all I want. That's all I need. If I know that, if I have that, I don't need anything else. So in this portion of Scripture, David walks us through joy and pain. He walks us through gain and loss. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. But then David takes a little bit of a turn. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, how many of you know what it's like to walk through the valley of the shadow? And as you're reading through that, it's kind of like, wait a minute. David, you just painted this beautiful picture for us of this flowing stream and green pastures and not needing a thing. 
But now you're taking us through this dark and deep valley where we're walking through the shadow. But how many of you know that's true to life? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. In, in an instant, our life can change. In an instant, our circumstances and situations can change. But the valley is meant to be a temporary place. I can remember in Bible college, we had to prepare all of these sermons. So they started us out with two minutes, and then we had to prepare a five-minute sermon, and then a seven-minute sermon, and then a ten-minute sermon. And I had some friends who would joke with me all the time, say, Ashley, y'all was preaching about mountains and valleys, mountains and valleys, mountains and valleys. It's all you have to preach on. But that's life, isn't it? You're either on the mountaintop or you're down in the valley. But you got to know who your shepherd is when you're on the mountain, and you got to know who he is when you're down in the valley. Yeah. And the valley is meant to be a temporary place. David said, even though I walk through the valley, I'm not staying there. I'm not camping out there. I'm going through the valley. Because it's when we're in the valley that we struggle. It's when we're in the valley that we're weary, we're tired. When we cry out, when we're exhausted. Oftentimes, in the summer months, the shepherds would take their flocks to a distant range on a mountaintop where there was fresh water and vegetation. And the amazing thing about this is that when the shepherd would get his flock to that particular range, he was alone with his sheep. The sheep had only their shepherd and everything else that they needed was provided for them. But in order to get there, they faced many dangers along the way. A good shepherd would take his sheep through the valley because it would be easier than going up the treacherous slope of a mountain. Oftentimes, it provided a shortcut to get to the mountaintop. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, even though, it's as if the psalmist who knows shepherding more than most is saying, it's inevitable. It, it goes without saying, I'm going to walk through the valley. It's going to happen whether I like it or not. It's out of the realm of my control. It's going to happen. We touched a little bit last week on the topography of Jerusalem. And so we know that a valley is a deep ravine. But there are places in Palestine where these deep ravines would be anywhere from five to six miles long, but only about 20 feet wide. So you can imagine a shepherd leading his flock through this narrow area that's dark and gloomy, and there's all kinds of dangers there presented to that flock of sheep because there were animals who would hide out within the crevices or the rocks of those valleys, waiting in the dark waiting in the shadows to pounce on whatever came through. One commentator paraphrased the verse by saying, Though in the path of dead I tread with gloomy horrors overhead. It was in these ravines that the ravenous beasts would hide out, waiting to attack whatever came past them. But a sheep would know, regardless of how deep or dark or dismal the valley that their shepherd would be there to guide them through it. That their shepherd was going to be there the entire time. He wasn't leaving. He wasn't going anywhere. And so David's saying, even though this is the reality that I must face, even though I know that death is before me, I will fear no evil. 
because the Lord is with me. Matthew Henry says in his commentary, it is but the shadow of death. The shadow of a serpent will not sting, nor the shadow of a sword kill. It is a valley, deep indeed, and dark and miry, but valleys are often fruitful, and so is death itself, fruitful of comforts to God's people. It is a walk through it. They shall not be lost in this valley, but get safe to the mountain on the other side. Death itself is not something that most people like to talk about, is it? It's not something we like to talk about, particularly if you don't know the Lord. Death is a scary thing because you have no hope. But for those of us who placed our trust in Jesus, we know that to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. And so while the journey that leads us there may be dark and gloomy, he will lead us through the valley and into eternity where we'll be with our shepherd away from all the cares and dangers and worries of the world. A little over a year ago, one of my uncles passed away, and I had the privilege of praying with him the night before he passed. And I remember we went into his room to visit him, and he was so weak. He just, he couldn't really eat very much. His head was just kind of hanging down, and he wouldn't really look up at anybody. And so before we left, I asked him if I could pray with him. And he said, yes, please. And he lifted up his head, and he looked at me, and we got the call the next day that he had passed away. But I will never forget the look on his face when he asked if I could pray with him. He was at peace. He knew where he was going. He knew he was walking through that valley, but he knew he wasn't going to stay there. He knew that he was going to meet his Lord on the other side. Isn't that the peace that you and I have as believers and as followers of Jesus, that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when we know that we're on death's doorstep, we don't have to be afraid because our shepherd is with us. My grandmother's been struggling uh, with her health for about the past month now, and she's kind of been confined to her chair or to her bed. And so she said to my dad the other day, she said, I'm just ready to get up and just walk out of here. He said, well, Mom, where are you going? She said, I'm going home. I'm going home. But we don't know whether she was all coherent because she is home. Uh, but she just said, I'm going home. I'm getting up. I'm walking out of here. And I just thought, wow, I hope that when it's my time to go be with the Lord, that's, that's my attitude. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm going home. Doesn't matter how dark the valley I'm going home. And I thought of an old chorus. And if you know it, I want you to sing it with me this morning because I can't quite remember all the words, but we're going to try and sing it together. It says, can't you see the bright light shine? It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world's been a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance. And I've never morning homesick we know we know that this world is a wilderness but we're going home we're going home we're walking through the valley David said even though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death. I love how he illustrates the fact that he's walking through the valley because, you know, sometimes the shadow's just a little too daunting. The valley's just a little too dark. It's just a little too long that I just want to give up. I just want to sit down, bury myself in a hole and cry. David says, I walk through. If I'm walking, I'm not stationary. I'm moving. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward with confidence because of what I know is on the other side. Because I know that my God didn't bring me this far just to leave me here. I'm walking through the valley. The valley of the shadow of death. And the word death that David uses here in the Hebrew, it can mean literal death. But it also means a place of distress or extreme danger. And I think it's safe to say that we've all at some point or another in our lives walked through those valleys of distress or extreme danger. And it's usually in those moments where we feel like we can't escape, feel like the world's just closing in around us. We just don't know what we're going to do or where we're going to go. We can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We just feel completely overwhelmed. But not only does King David introduce us to the God of provision and to the God who, who paints such a lovely picture for us of what life looks like under his protection and under his care, he lets us in on this little secret. But there will be times in our lives where we will encounter some struggles. There will be times in our life where we encounter some struggles. And David says, even though, even when I find myself in that place, as difficult as it might be, I will fear no evil. No matter how hard it gets, I'm not going to be afraid. How many of you know the world that we live in can be just downright scary sometimes? Just, just downright evil sometimes. It's a little scary. I found some statistics this week from a 2015 crime clock check from the FBI. These are a little uh, outdated, but I want you just to get the picture here. It says that in 2015, there was one murder every 33.5 minutes. There was one rape every 4.2 minutes. One robbery every 1.6 minutes. One aggravated assault every 41.3 seconds. One burglary every 20 seconds. One larceny theft every 5.5 seconds. And one motor vehicle theft every 44.6 seconds. There are numerous statistics that we could look at and we could look at how those statistics have changed over the past few years. But just from those numbers, man, it would make you not even want to leave your house. Why do you want to get up in the morning and go anywhere? Lord, what's going to happen today? The world can be a dangerous, can be a scary place at times. But Jesus said in John 16, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, because in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. For thou art with me. I think those are five of the most reassuring words in all of Scripture. For thou art with me. We can read in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament that the Lord promises never to leave us 
or forsake us. And I don't know about you, but that's a pretty reassuring promise to have when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What greater time than to hold on to that promise. And so the psalmist goes on. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We talked last week a little bit about the significance of the shepherd's staff. A shepherd would use the longer end of his staff sometimes to part the path for his sheep to walk through. If they're walking through briars or thick brush, he would move it out of the way so the path was clear for them. At times, he would take the end of his staff to look through their wool because it would get so thick that they wouldn't be able to tell if they had anything underneath of it, if there was any kind of parasite or anything that was attacking them. And so he would part the wool and make sure their skin was clean. David tells us, he says in Psalms, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Search me, O God. David knew probably better than anyone what it meant for a shepherd to search his sheep. It was looking for impurities. And so he says, Lord, search me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. You know my heart and you know my thoughts. But another interesting use of the shepherd's staff was to use the crook, the, the curved part of that hook to take a newborn and bring it up if it wandered away from its mom and bring it back to her so that his scent wouldn't get on it. And that would ensure that the mother would embrace her child and not reject it. And so while the shepherd's staff was designed to comfort and to guide and to inspect the sheep, was also used at times for correction. And we talked a little bit about that nudging of the shepherd's staff last week. But David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There were two instruments that the shepherd would use when he was out tending to his sheep. He had his staff, which was cut from a sapling. It was curved at the end. It was designed to fit well within his hand. And it was especially designed so that it could almost be an extension of his arm. But then you have the rod. And the rod was more of a club-like instrument. It would fit easily within the shepherd's belt. This was the most important weapon that the shepherd had for himself and for his sheep. And one of the most significant uses of the rod is that it was his weapon. He used it for protection because every now and then the shepherd would have to protect his sheep from some ravenous wolves. And he'd have to take out that rod so that he could keep them away, so that he could protect his flock. It was the job of the shepherd to guard them from any potential attacks. Now, a willing sheep would willingly respond to the gentle nudge of the shepherd's staff. But a stubborn sheep needed a little bit more correction. So the shepherd might have to take out his rod and correct his sheep. But I'm not going to ask you to identify yourselves this morning with which one you would respond to better. But I know myself there are times when I've had to receive the rod and it's because I'm just not listening. I'm just not wanting to hear what it is God's saying to me. He has to wake me up a little bit. 
I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, the rod was a wooden spoon. Some of you may have had to go out and get your own switch, get your own rod, but there was a rod of correction, and you've heard this saying before, spare the rod, spoil the child. And that comes from Proverbs 13, 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. God so lovingly corrects us, so lovingly disciplines his children. And as you learn through parenting, you don't discipline out of anger. You discipline out of love. Because you love your children, you're going to teach them what is right and what is wrong. Oftentimes, God has to use his rod of correction to keep us in line when we're just being stubborn. But David says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The word comfort in the Hebrew that David uses here has several meanings. It means to console or to comfort. And you and I can certainly find comfort in the fact that our shepherd protects us, don't we? We find comfort in that fact. But the word in the original language also means to be sorry or to repent. And so when you and I are corrected, by the hand of God. He corrects us out of love to lead us to repentance. Because his word tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. I read this week that the rod represents God's discipline and the staff represents God's guidance. And both are used to protect God's followers from harm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The psalmist didn't promise that the shepherd would lead us around the valley. He didn't promise he would lead us over the valley. He said, as I walk through the valley, I'm not going to be afraid. Because you are going to be with me. You're going to lead me. And there's a song I, I thought of this week. It was just on my heart this morning. It says, he never promised the cross would not get heavy. The hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered our victories without fighting but he said help would always come in time so just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on my lord will show and he will take you through the fire again. The next time you're standing in that valley, remind yourself you don't have to be afraid because of who it is that's with you. And maybe this morning you're facing some of your own valleys, not the shadow of death, maybe the valley of the shadow of decision or the valley of the shadow of doubt, or debt, or despair, or depression. Whatever valley you found yourself in this morning, God will lead you through it. 
Whatever it is that you are facing today, you can rest assured in the words of Jesus from John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I think the hymn says it best. It says, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds. Is your anchor hold this morning? Within the veil on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There's a story about a little boy whose chores were to go out every evening and set the empty milk bottles there on the front steps. And so one night his father gave him the empty milk jars and he just downright refused because I'm not doing it. And his father said, excuse me, why not? A little boy looked up at his daddy and he said, because it's too dark to go outside without a father. It's just too dark to go outside without a father. That's the promise of the shepherd. He's the shepherd of the valley. He's with us in the shadows. He's with us through that valley. You and I don't have to walk through this life alone because we have a shepherd who leads us Amen. through the valley. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? I'm going to ask you to stand with us today if you're able. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning, maybe you're here with us today. Maybe you're watching online and you're just walking through that valley with no hope, with no assurance, no light at the end of that tunnel. But this morning, you just want to slip up your hand and say, Lord, I just need to surrender my heart. I just need to surrender my life to you this morning. Would you save me today? Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Make me yours. I want to follow you. I want you to lead me and I want you to guide me. I believe that you went to Calvary in my place. I believe that three days later you rose again for me so that I could walk through that valley, so that I could meet you on the other side. If that's you this morning, we just invite you to praise this simple prayer with us. And we know that when you do, God welcomes you into his family. The angels rejoice over you. But maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening online and you just say, I'm just, I just don't have any strength left. This valley's gone on for far too long. And I don't think I've got enough strength to make it through to the other side. But this morning, you just want to slip up your hand. I say, Lord, I need you to walk with me. I need you to guide me. I need you to give me strength to get through it. I'm not going to be afraid of what's around me. I'm not going to be afraid of the unknown. Because I know that you're with me. Just invite you to slip up your hand if that's you this morning. Lord, give me strength to walk through, to face this valley. To know I'm not doing it alone. Father, for those that are here this morning, those that are watching, Lord, I pray for strength. Father, whether it's a, a literal valley 
the shadow of death. Or Lord, if it's someone facing depression, discouragement, debts beyond their control, doubts of what it is that you've spoken to their hearts. Father, I pray this morning for words of encouragement to come their way. Lord, I pray that you would raise up people within their lives to hold up their arms as Aaron and her held the arms of Moses and they were victorious in battle. Lord, would you use us to encourage each other, to hold up one another's arms, to remind each other that we're not alone, that your promise is that you'd never leave us or forsake us. Lord, would you go before us today? Would you reassure us of your promises? We thank you for that hedge of protection that you've given to us. Friends, we just ask you to sing this chorus along with us this morning. We're so thankful for the hand of our gentle shepherd to lead us, to guide us, to touch our lives, and make us whole. Would you lift your hands and sing it with us this Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.